Welcome back to another episode of the Property Management Show, where we deep dive into the world of property management, marketing, and entrepreneurship. Your hosts are Marie Tupman and Brittany Jones from Four and Half Marketing Agency. Four and Half has been helping property managers like you grow their business by using marketing strategies that attract owner leads. Whether you need help with your website, SEO, social media, reputation management, uh, videos, content, paid advertising, you name it, we can help you. Go to our website, fourandhalf.com to learn more. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. In our previous episode, we spoke with SEO and marketing guru, Rand Fishkin, about the shifting tides in digital marketing, um, sources of influence, and also ROI on marketing spend. Now, on this episode, we continue that conversation to cover things like money keywords, vanity metrics, generative AI, and also how to make the immeasurable marketing channels more measurable. So without further ado, here is part two of our interview. Yeah, as, as you were talking around, I, I just like had this this thought that came to me, you know, I think it's it's commonly not talked about that the money keywords everyone wants to rank for for their specific industry their specific business is typically a money keyword because everyone else considers it a money keyword and it's because it's typically a keyword that's like bottom of the funnel meaning people who search for it are so close to putting the trigger and so it's like we you know Brittany and I always tell our clients like why do you want to go to the battlefield where everyone's trying to compete for that and it's going to cost you so much. There are other steps of the funnel. Like that's our, that's why our whole, like our, our, our basis for our agency is like content marketing. Cause it's like, it's like the blue ocean strategy, right? It's like you go for the keywords that people aren't paying attention to. So you don't have to fight as hard to be visible yet. People are just so attracted to the blood and gore of the battlefield. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. This I think this is like how a problem with how entrepreneurs are socialized and trained, right? So um, th- that's a that's a cultural battle that I don't know how to necessarily overcome. But I would say, if what they really want is, hey, can you improve my traffic, my leads, my uh, results, my profitability? You can do that way more easily than you can get them to rank for property management plus geography. Um, and if, if that conversation is how you open, right, if you say, hey, everybody is chasing this, we're going to help you beat them all by doing something that none of them are doing. Mm-hmm. If that sounds appealing to you, we're your, we're your folks. And if all you really want to do is rank for this vanity keyword, let me recommend some expensive SEOs who will be happy to help you. Yes. <laughs> for a lot of more Absolutely. money. For a lot more money. Uh, by the way, you will not make it as much. But if you want to spend on it, go to town, brother. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of vanity metrics, so um, I know that when in the content that you put out about like measuring lift versus, you know, perfect attribution, um, one of the examples you give is like going back to what we used to call vanity metrics. Like, are you getting more subscribers, followers? you know, like engagement, not necessarily conversions. Right. Um, but I remember um, 
this was something that's kind of contentious because I remember back in 2017, I put out a blog um, for, for our uh, clients and prospects about vanity metrics. And because I found this article from Harvard Business Review where they talked about like, what's the actual value of a Facebook like to a business? And um, a bunch of marketing researchers did this whole, you know, study um, to figure out like, does it really contribute to a business and what they found was um it doesn't really change behavior of consumers or like increased spending or whatever and it was because they they found that consumers who like a brand on social media specifically facebook in their study they're simply expressing their pre-existing preference so they already like the brand and then they see it being suggested and they like it. So they were going to buy from you anyway. They already like your brand and that's why they like you on Facebook. You're not going to convince someone who's never heard of you, doesn't like you to like your Facebook page and then turn that into a purchase that wouldn't have happened. And so my question is like, we have that kind of research from 2017. Um, if having like a Facebook like, social media like, or a vanity metric like that doesn't necessarily lead to increased purchases. What do you think is the value of metrics like it to a small business? Sure. So two things. The first, the first thing is that uh, hidden in that study is that um, in exactly what you describe is that that measurement, right? Saying, hey, you know, Last month, you had 3,000 people who liked your Facebook page. This month, you have 3,300. Your Facebook page and the like that you received there did not influence any of those new 300 people to buy from you who weren't already predisposed to buy from you. But what it did do is tell you how many more people are predisposed to buy from you than were last month. So. Yes, it's a vanity metric. It doesn't change the behavior, but it does help you measure it. It helps you measure the size of the cohort of people who are predisposed to buy from you. And so it can be useful in a campaign to try and figure out, are the things that we're doing on or off Facebook with our brand having a positive or negative or not as good or better than last month impact? on people who are going to be predisposed to buy from us. That's what it's useful for. And that's why I recommend measuring it. If you are trying to do a campaign to, you know, essentially grow your brand's likability, uh, awareness, trust, you know, predispose people to get you to buy from you, then I'm not saying get the Facebook like, getting the Facebook like means you will get more buyers, but doing things that both get you more buyers and predispose more people to buy from you will result in a lift of social media fans and followers, which you can then use to measure that. And an un otherwise unmeasurable investment becomes measurable, right? Mm. So, hey, last month we did nothing on Facebook. This month we decided we were going to start posting more. We're going to use some native video. We're going to um, maybe do some advertising there where we're going to do some co-marketing events with some people who have big Facebook followings. Uh, we're going to participate in some of these private Facebook groups around our brand and our sector. And then we're going to see if after we do that for six months, what does the lift look like? We, we don't, we don't, we can't say for certain 
these people were influenced on Facebook and then they came to our site and then they bought from us. Facebook mm -hmm. isn't sending us the traffic data. Uh, we don't have the ability to know if somebody on Facebook later searched for our brand in Google and then clicked on our paid search ad. And we can't attribute that, right? Impossible. Mm -hmm. But what we can do is measure lift. So if we see, gosh, you know, our traffic went up, our conversions went up, and simultaneously our Facebook page likes went up. Okay, that campaign appears to be working. Let's make similar investments in other networks uh, in the same types of ways. Or, you know what, whatever we did last month did not work very well. We should go back and try something else. So that that's where I think the value comes from. And that study, instead of disproving the value of the metric, it actually suggests that there is a lot of value in that metric as a measurement, as a post hoc measurement tool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting too, because um, um, at the in the summary of that study, they were also talking about um, it's bad news for people who buy likes. And it's good news for people who organically get likes. And what's interesting is um, I feel like when you turn the vanity metric into the goal, like we were talking about being number one on Google, then that's when it becomes a problem right. because you're obsessed with getting that metric to go up at all costs versus like you were saying, Rand, just treating the metric as a way to measure the effects of what you're doing then you're like, then you're actually gaining value from it, which people, it's like, it's a very nuanced way of looking yeah, at it. Yeah, no, no, beautifully said, Marie. I think you, you, you nailed it, absolutely nailed it. Um, and I, you know, I would tell folks that this is also true in Google. So Google's equivalent of Facebook page likes is branded search volume. So not search volume for uh, property management plus your geography, but branded search volume for you know, Marie and Brittany's property management company. If you see that number rising, like, gosh, there's 10% more people searching for our brand name this month versus last month. That means you are doing something right in terms of brand reach. And more people are looking not for a generic term, but for you in particular. And I would argue I would take one new searcher for my brand name over a hundred searchers for the generic, because that, if you're if you want to talk about what bottom of funnel looks like, bottom of funnel, absolute right closest to conversion is when you search for the brand name of the person you're going to buy from, mm -hmm. right? If I search for, um, you know, whatever it is, uh, Google Pixel Phone Six, you know, that. That is a far more valuable term uh, for Google, for, for the, the Pixel phone, than if I search for best new Android phone 2024. Yeah. Right? Like, mm -hmm. one, one is suggesting, I've already made my decision. I know mm -hmm. who I'm buying from. And that, I would argue, is the most valuable kind of marketing that you can do, is to get people to know, like, trust, and prefer your brand over other people's how do you do that? You be present in the places where they pay attention with a message that resonates with them at the right time. And that is not just exclusively property management, Orlando, Florida. I actually really love that because even though it's like common sense when I heard it from you, even we take branded search for granted. Like when yeah. we look at our um, Google Search Console, we kind of skip over. Um, 
our own keyword because they're like, well, that's not really the search term people well, use when they're looking for marketing. And I think a lot of the times for us, what, what our struggle is, we also think again about renter searches. So a renter is going to pay rent and they might not have the rent payment link saved. So they'll go to Google and type in Brittany and Marie's property management company, click the homepage. But to your point, if you're measuring it and you, you can have a baseline with that and then you can see the increase. So it doesn't really matter at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's about that incremental lift, right? Mm -hmm. You are trying to see, Hey, over the course of our efforts, we can see that this many people did this. Oh, we know that over six months, you know, a lift of 10% in branded searches equals a lift of, let's say 5% in of uh, new revenue. So if we can get, if we can bump up that, that lift number next month, and then again and again and again with investments in getting the brand name out there, right, we can, we can really win. Yeah, I, I love that. It's like finding a way to make the immeasurable measurable. Yeah, measurement is different science. than attribution, yeah. right? These are yeah. not the same things. Attribution is what caused this person to convert, which I think is nearly impossible to know. Um, and I would, I, I don't even try to worry about that. Like, I think that's the one where I just completely take my hand off the wheel and say, whatever it is, it is. I don't, I don't care. I do want to be present in those right places with that right message at the right time. And to measure whether I'm doing right place, right time, right message. I look at those vanity, vanity metrics to see lift before I see a rise in conversions. And then to try and say, oh, okay, you know, we saw that our social activity really had a bunch of lift that appears, right? That, that is uh, directly correlated to a lift in branded search. And so even though it looks like Google search is responsible for all these conversions, I am not believing that attribution. I'm believing my vanity metrics, that mm -hmm. social is what drove those searches that drove those conversions. That's really awesome. By the way, Ren, I'm going to be conscious of your time. Um, do you need to stop now? Uh, I have a couple minutes, but yeah, I should go soon. Okay. Well, do you have time for one last question? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, you know, obviously online marketing has transformed the last 10 years. looks very different 10 years ago than what it is now. Mm -hmm. And then you have this gold rush to, uh, with generative AI. Everyone wants to, you know, incorporate it. We've had clients who were like, hey, I want to implement gen, gen AI on my website. And we're like... Cool. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm just curious, yeah, um, cool. given your kind of unique point of view, yeah. right, with with where this all headed, um, where do you see marketing going in five to 10 years? Like, have you seen any data to kind of back up any hunches? Hmm. Okay, so I, like I was talking about earlier, my belief, Marie, is that marketing is a field in which you should follow crowds, not try and lead them. Um, meaning, until my audience is present and having relevant conversations in a place, I don't believe it is marketers job to try and sort of reach them in that place before they get there. Um, you know, really good examples of this was like in 2000. 10, everybody was like, you have to build a mobile app, every website should have a mobile app. And then it turns out people download about 40 or 50 mobile apps apart from games. And that's it. There's, there's 40 or 50 companies that should have a mobile app. 
and nobody else, everybody else should have a mobile friendly website, but chasing mm -hmm. the mobile app, right? Trying to lead by, oh, we have a mobile app before anybody else in our field. Great. <laughs> Why? No, just make your website friendly. Like don't have a property management app for your particular brand that you spent a hundred grand developing and da 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 and it has all these features. No, just make it so that people can log into your website on their phone, real simple like, and then pay their bill. Yeah, so yeah. mobile apps is a good example. Oh, NFTs, yeah, another great one. Yeah. Blockchain, right? Right. Yes, there were tons of tons and tons of marketers and websites that were like, oh my God, how do we get into web 3.0? And I want to, you know, be um using the blockchain somehow. Why? What, yeah. what does it do for your customer? How does it make your customers happier, give them a better experience? Um, it just doesn't. And, and generative AI, I think, can solve particular point problems, right? If you tell me, hey, I have a, a huge database of, you know, 100,000 of my rental properties or, you know, properties that we manage all over the country, and I want to classify them uh, quickly, and I, I don't really want to pay someone on Fiverr, the accuracy is low. Great. Hand classify the first 100 and then have ChatGPT classify the rest based on your rules. It's great for that. So wonderful. What, put it in your website for for what reason, right? We we all know that generative AI content is the floor. It's the worst content that is out there. Not to say that there are some humans that can't produce even worse things, but anybody can make generative AI content for no money. And so it is the worst stuff that you can possibly have. Your goal must be, how do I make sure everything I produce is better than that? So if someone's coming to you and they're saying, I want generative AI on my website, you should be highly specific, highly suspicious that this person knows what they're talking about. Yeah. You should be like, yeah. oh no, oh no, I'm concerned that you have misunderstood how the world works. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's why I, you I go, think well, it... tell us more what you mean by that. <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you looking yeah. to what accomplish? What problem are you trying to yeah. solve? Yeah. 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 But it's a little I bit like really the guy who with... wants a longer toolbar page rank, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes, 100%. And when you were saying, Rand, like um, the content from things like ChatGPT is like the lowest bar. Um, That's actually my second question that you may not have time for. But I, I you know, like I was just going to say more and more people are wanting to experiment with generative AI and using it to create their content. And so we've been having conversations with people who were like, well, I don't know if I can invest the money with you guys because I could just do the content with generative AI. And, you know, like, I was just curious, like, you oh, are also a marketer. Like, what's the value of a marketing agency? Yeah, I love now that. I that love that because anyone I think can use Gen AI. What's wonderful is the more people who make their content with generative AI, the easier it will be to stand out for everybody who doesn't, right? It's like, great, yes. please take yourself out of the game. I'll make sure your competitors outrank you, <laughs> out, out market you. Like, great, you're, you're going to be the, the crappy competition that no one has to worry about. Go, go to town, right? Like, have fun. I know? love that. And, and sort of like anybody who comes to you and, and says like, oh, are we worried about the generative AI folks? You'd be like, no. You should encourage all your competitors to use generative <laughs> AI content. It really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, con using it for content creation, I think 
uh, even even the folks who um, work on generative AI, you know, for a living, are like that is the worst use case that we have. You should absolutely not be using it for that. That's that's like uh, the one that I wouldn't recommend. You want to use it for programming assistance. You want to use it for um, sort of understanding a concept. You want to understand what words are likely to come after other words on the internet. You want to classify topics. Uh, you want to analyze data. These are all great uses. You want to write copy that you expect someone who's considering a new property management company to buy from you <laughs> will read? Mm -mm. Yeah, I feel like to an untrained eye, it's like, oh, that sounds good. I slap it on your website. Right. Right. And I think, oh, but that's then it marketing. all sounds the same. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it's interesting in that human beings have gotten pretty good at recognizing it. Oh, right. I, I for sure have. In the yeah. beginning, I was like, oh my goodness, it's, quite, it's it so seems amazing. Quite good. And right. now when I'm like on, on social media and blogs, I'm like, yeah. bells are ringing. No, 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 this is AI generated. And yeah. I don't know what it is though. My brain just knows. You, you can pattern match because it's a pattern-based system, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the mm -hmm. whole, all, all the AI is doing is it has a huge corpus, right? Like massive corpus of documents. And it is looking for tokens that come after other tokens. And then it predictively puts tokens after other tokens. So whenever folks say like, hey, you know, I asked ChatGPT for recommendation on this and they told me this. My answer is always what they told you is what their corpus of documents suggests are words that come after other words. It's spicy autocomplete. It's nothing more than that. That, that can sound reasonable. But mm -hmm. it will never be unique. In fact, it, the, the whole point is that it's never unique, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's designed to sound like other things have sounded, many other things, the aggregation of things, right? And uh, I, I don't know if you've ever tried to get it to make something humorous. It can't do it. Like, it's absolutely impossible. It also can't create novelty, right? Yeah. It's never going to be emotionally resonant. There's never been anyone who's read something from... ChatGPT and gone. Wow, that's a really good point. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't happen, right? They're like, oh, those words often come after those other words. Yeah. The best it's done is I'm like, you know, like it comes up with a whole string. I like those two words next to each other. I'm gonna steal that. Great, right. steal. <laughs> Wonderful, right? ChatGPT doesn't care. It stole all of its content, so yeah. you yeah. should feel free to steal from it. Well, thank you so much, Rand, for, um, you know, being on our show, giving all those wonderful insights and analogies. And it was really great meeting your wife. Yeah, yeah. Geraldine's a <laughs> rock star. <laughs> all right, it. friends. I'm going to go. I'm going to go see what she actually needs. <laughs> thank I'll, you so I'll, much. I'll you later. Thank you for having thank me. You. Nice yeah. to meet you, Rand. Yeah, you. Great to meet you, too. All right, take care. Bye. Cheers. And that's all we have for this episode of the Property Management Show brought to you by Four and Half Marketing Agency. Since 2012, we have helped hundreds of property management companies grow their businesses by using marketing strategies that attract owner leads. Whether you need help with your website, SEO, content marketing, social media paid ads, you name it, we can help you. Visit our website, fourandhalf.com. 
That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. If you are subscribed to our show and you are loving this, please go ahead and leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. And as usual, if you have questions, concerns, feedback, or even suggestions for future episodes, we would love to hear from you. You can email marketing at fourandhalf.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.